0: Hi, I'm Bill Meeks, and I made a book about fan podcasting.
1: Welcome to I Made This from Do Anything Media, a show about passionate people executing their big ideas in realistic ways that you can learn from to make your own big idea a reality. I'm not Bill Meeks, but Anne Marie DeSimone, and today I'm talking with Bill Meeks. Why am I interviewing Bill? Well, I'm his former co-host on several fan casts we produced together, including Legends of Gotham and Greetings from Storybrooke. I'm also his wife. Bill spent the past few months writing a new book on everything he learned from the years we spent fan casting about our favorite shows. And he's about to release a new book called Fan Podcasting The Complete Guide which aims to teach you everything you need to know to produce a review-based podcast for your favorite shows and movies. We'll wax nostalgic about our fan casting years. Plus, Bill reveals his cafe POV philosophy to podcasting. It's pretty cool. We'll also tell you how to get a free copy of the book when it releases on February 18th. Bill also wanted me to tell you that whenever possible, he's going to start recording video for these interviews. Thanks! So if you want the raw interview with plenty of silly faces, subscribe to Do Anything Media on YouTube by visiting youtube.doanything.media or like the I Made This page on Facebook. Okay, I... Well, we made this for you. Take a
0: listen. How you doing there, Weeks? Good, good. It feels really weird to be on the the other side of the table, even though I generally don't record at a table. I'm generally <laughs> recording over Skype, but you get the idea.
1: I I totally understand. And it feels very weird to be interviewing you as well. Yeah. Because I've been on this journey with you, but it's kind of fun to do all the talking.
0: I think I think it's fair fair to say too that you can expose your secret identity here. You're also my wife.
1: I am also your wife. Oh my goodness! Everyone knows now.
0: So I'm prepared for a lot of gotcha questions about things unrelated to what we're talking about. You're like, gotcha! I have them here in a public forum. I can I can put them to the wall and <laughs> Let's get some get answers. Get all of
1: the dirt. <laughs> Spill the tea, out of you, if you will. So where did you come up with the idea to do? A book about podcasting, specifically fan podcasting.
0: Well, as you know, I have had a storied history of fan podcasting that you joined me on.
1: I have followed the journey.
0: Yeah, I would say, what was it back in 2012? 2012? I think it was 2012. Wow. Yeah. So back in 2012, we were living.
1: 2012, Atlanta.
0: Yeah, we were kind of living in Atlanta. Yeah, we were living in Ackworth, Georgia. Oh. I had an office out in an unheated, <gasps> unair conditioned. Oh, that's right. Ver- you were in the garage. garage. Yeah. And uh, I, I went on this big trip, which you might have heard about on the show a couple weeks ago with Brian Brushwood to mm. Jakarta. And he filled me up with all this motivation and energy and these goals. And one of those goals was to start a podcast about a TV show. I had been watching Once Upon a Time on Netflix, actually, at that point, I think. Or maybe it wasn't quite on Netflix I don't know if it was... Because this was between the first and second season.
1: No, I think you were watching the first season live. Yeah. And you kept harassing me to watch it. Uh huh. And then the way you finally got me to watch it was being like, it's Jennifer Goodwin from... Big Love. Big Love. And I was like, I love her. (laughs) She's fabulous. And I just binged and caught up Mm -hmm. before the finale, I think.
0: When we decided to do a podcast, it was natural to do Once Upon a Time because we were both really into it and we were talking about it with each other a lot All the anyway. Time anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we started the, the Zero episode, which uh, you can find at universebox.com in the archives. But the Zero episode was just a micro cassette recorder sat on the kitchen table in between uh. us. And I was like, Hi, I'm Bill Meeks. Greetings from Storybook. Greetings from Storybrooke. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne Marie D. Simone. And this is our new Once Upon a Time podcast. Uh, we are both uh, fans of the show. I, I think that's fair to say. Completely.
1: Completely. It was. It had to be terrible. I have. A, I can't bring myself to go back and listen. I'm one of those people who gets really, really awkward and embarrassed, even though there's like no one around. Like when you watch a TV show and there's like, two 13-year-olds who might kiss, they might not, and so mm-hmm. I can't handle it. I'm like... I can't can't watch watch awkward situations, let alone something I lived and I don't want to live it again.
0: Well, I'm sorry for introducing so many awkward situations into your life.
1: I'm sure it's going to keep going for another 35 years.
0: But so anyway, we did the really shitty uh, first episode. (laughs) Oh,
1: that's right. We can (laughs) curse on this episode. Yeah, we can curse on this. (gasps) We were
0: cursed. We were cursed. (laughs) Uh, No, but we did a really shitty first episode and eventually moved out to the garage, even though it wasn't heated or anything. Or cooled. It, with both of us having professional microphones so we did it for a couple months and we weren't getting a lot of traction we picked up a Not couple so of people couple uh, of the regulars couple re- couple regulars who are still around and i wouldn't be surprised if they pop into the chat while we're recording this so a couple months after that daniel j lewis who hosted another once upon a time podcast besides greetings from storybrook um is co- called there War- wasn't another
1: podcast sorry
0: There were several, um, and he invited us and a bunch of other podcasters on for uh, Podcasters Roundtable. Um, I think it was really sort of a ploy by him to get enough downloads to get stuff from ABC or get cast interviews or something from ABC. you do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, welcome, everybody, to the first ever Once Upon a Time Roundtable with other Once Upon a Time podcasters. Thank you so much for joining us. Here's my first question I want to ask you guys, and Bill, this will go to you first. Considering that we all have have different Once Upon a Time podcasts, and we all approach things from a slightly different perspective. What is it that you feel like makes you unique? Well, basically, I listen to Once Podcast and then copy everything. <laughs> no kissing up here. This is a round table. It gave us a lot of exposure to this fan base that he had built up over the course of the first season that we didn't have. Three, nothing. So, you know, within a few weeks of doing that one, we our downloads skyrocketed. We had people Ooh. writing in all the time and it was kind of off well, to the races. Yeah. So, you know, we did greetings from Storybrook for a while. Uh, about two years
1: universe box
0: well we did we did it for two years uh the second year once upon a time had a spinoff podcast called once upon a time in wonderland so we did a spinoff podcast called greetings from wonderland Mm, when we finished up that show we decided from now on we're going to live stream all our podcasts live on youtube Greetings from Wonderland. I'm Bill Meek. And I'm Anne-Marie Simone. And this is our first live uh, on the internet hangout where we'll talk with a whole bunch of people about Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. How are you doing, Anne-Marie?
1: I'm overwhelmed, but I'm good.
0: Yeah, I know. There's so many people here, right? There's, there's
1: lots of people. I feel like I'm being watched.
0: It, our, our studio has been invaded. We had moved by this
1: point, so we were out of the garage situation into an actual office.
0: Yeah, we had a whole big office. with a, You know what, actually, though, from that... That first live stream we did, this blue tablecloth that's on the table in front of us, that's the blue screen that was behind us. We were so
1: awkward in those first
0: live streams. Oh, yeah. It was awful. It was terrible. It was awful. So we started doing that. And eventually, you know, practice, practice, practice. We got good-ish. Then we decided, you know, why don't we go ahead and expand this? And Fox was starting up a new show set in the world with Batman called Gotham. And we decided, <laughs> why don't we do a, a Gotham show? And we decided to do this literally right after they announced they had picked the pilot up to series. That was, yeah. I don't think we knew anything. It was the January before it, it was to air in the fall. Which
1: is way sooner than I ever know anything's happening. So I don't, that was crazy to plan that far in advance for me
0: but it really helped us out oh yeah because there were people excited about the show but there wasn't a lot of official presence until like July or August us posting funny memes to the Twitter account and doing zero episodes and episodes where we'd review uh, Batman the Animated Series
1: which was mostly just to teach me about the world of Batman exactly let's just be honest It it was all homework for me
0: this is not a job for nice guys Where's my money? Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's new series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks, and I'm Anne Marie De Simone. How are you doing, Anne Marie?
1: I am completely entertained.
0: Yeah, you know, th- this has been quite a, a well. On our other podcast, Greetings from Storybrooke, we'd probably go ahead and refer to this as a Lucy Goosey episode yes. already because we've already been we've already been sitting here for about an hour trying to get everything <laughs> together, going through Skype, then Google Hangouts, and the doc erased itself. And- completely disappeared and then our guest (laughs) dropped off but he's back now so i guess we should introduce him uh people who listen to our other podcasts might know him as the guy who always leaves us a voicemail uh bobby hawk how you doing bobby all right how about you guys Excellent, Good. excellent, slap happy
1: But I think the thing that really helped us was when we submitted for the fan trailer Oh yeah And actually got into the real fan trailer that aired on Fox
0: Follow up on the Arkham connection Arkham's been closed for 10 years Man, you're hurting yourself I'm
1: been myself Somebody has to take over It might as well be me <laughs>
0: However dark and scary the world might be right now, there will be light there will be light. Yeah, it aired the week before the pilot, or before the first episode aired. It it aired in a commercial break of another show, but basically, you were Fish Mooney. Yeah. You were Fish Mooney and Sarah Essen. Sarah Essen, And then I was Bullock and Jim Gordon. So I'm technically only the second live-action actor to ever play Harvey (laughs) Bullock on screen. And it aired on a national broadcast too, so I I claim that. And maybe like the fourth or fifth for Jim Gordon, so... (laughs) So what I I I, I can retire on that.
1: You can retire on no, that. No,
0: but that definitely helped us. Uh, but really, I mean, Gotham from the beginning. We it's had a huge. super engaged uh, listeners. We had a lot of engagement from the actual Gotham Twitter accounts, the cast, the crew, the showrunner, Jada Pinkett Smith. Because Jada
1: made it OK.
0: Yeah, uh, she, she followed us on Twitter. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a whirlwind. So, you know, we had all this success, more success, more success, more success. And I started thinking, hey, maybe I should try and get a job actually doing this stuff instead of just doing it as a hobby where you know we're making basically the cost of hosting and some pocket change for coffees you know we were looking to move from Atlanta anyway and we decided to move to Orlando because I thought there would be a lot of you know really cool media opportunities down here our last podcast in this space uh, uh, shall we
1: make was, the face in the
0: space and the place maybe <laughs> here I guess so, since it's the last uh, podcast the, uh, in the space <laughs> go ahead and show the space there's a oh, the random chair space. lighting equipment some boxes because we've already been <laughs> packing here's us again
1: uh, oh. uh, it
0: here's uh, a ah, light that the lights light. me uh, we're gonna miss this space though
1: oh
0: sorry we're getting a little se- sentimental if uh we're gonna do a big send-off with a lot of our storytellers our listeners and stuff yep from the space it'll be good so, you know, we moved down here. I did get a job in the media. Uh, no ill will towards them, but it took up a lot of my time and attention. Uh, oh, also by that point, we had started up a non cast too, a, a community-based podcast called Universe Box. You know, we allowed our listeners to kind of shape the episodes. We would set a theme for every episode, and they would send in stories and voicemails and content related to that theme. I, I never really had a home growing you know. up. We moved around a lot as a kid, so, like, I never really stayed in one place longer than two years. Got to the point, I wouldn't even bother to put pictures or any kind of personalization in my room because I knew I would have to take it down in a
1: year, so I didn't even bother.
0: After I got the job at where I got the job, I, I, I can say in it. Media, I said it nice, on this podcast.
1: It's fine. It's fine. I said
0: it on this podcast okay. before Hearst Television. I was working for <laughs> Hearst Television. A couple months into it, I realized, you know, I wanted to do a really good job at my, my new job and the universe box was taking up way too much time because there was a lot of pre-production. I would edit okay. these elaborate 20, 30 minute videos to play in the middle of the show and all this stuff. Just didn't have the time. Canceled it. And then, you know, we kept on doing the fan cast for probably about another year and a half. Uh, and we'll probably get into this in more detail. Oh, yeah. We, we decided to stop doing our original fan cast. Greetings from Storybrooke. We do. And I uh, hope says pour one out for Gus Gus because Johanna did it. Fact. Definitely. But we're going to end much as how we began. Pour oh, it out. I, I got, I got the lyrics. Uh, yes! we're go- going to go ahead and sing the entire song. Uh the theme song to sing me a story with Belle sing me a story okay you ready Emery? Sing me me a story, story. sing me a rhyme Sing all about what happened once upon a time When I sing a story, when I sing a rhyme And uh, we added a new fan cast, We're So Lost, where we Which was
1: originally a Patreon exclusive
0: Yeah, it was originally Patreon exclusive And then we eventually opened it up and started doing it whenever Gotham was off the air, basically
1: We have a confession, we've never watched Lost
0: Now, we're tired of hearing about it, so we're finally watching the hit TV show for the first time. Come along with us to the island. And please stay close by because we're we're so so lost. lost. We need to get some rope and see what happens. We're also rewatching the classic ABC TV series Lost. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Amory. So you know we had hit, hit shutter uh, greetings, and then you know over the course of time, and you know we'll probably uh, come back to it later. But eventually, we ended up shutting down the rest of the podcast. Legends of Gotham came back very briefly for the final season. We wrapped that up, and we told everyone, you know. Here's where you need to pay attention for whatever comes next and had sort of a loose idea in our heads of plan B, which was basically me going to very much take my time, plan it out, leave my job in media because it wasn't working out quite the way I'd hoped and uh, then move on and do something new that we referred to as plan B. Plan B. So over the course of last year, you know, I thought a lot about Plan B. We talked a lot about it. The idea for this book came up when we were discussing Plan B, and I was like, "Well, you know, what could I do to, you know, sort of earn money uh, for all this stuff?" You were like, why don't you do a course on podcasting? Right. And so I wrote it down on a list and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that when plan B kicks into effect. I was thinking more and more about that idea. And I was like, well, why don't I go out there and see what sort of resources are out there right now for people wanting to get into podcasting? And there's a lot of great resources. You know, there's Daniel J. Lewis uh, that we talked about earlier, his Audacity to Podcast blog. Um, I just finished listening to a how to podcast book by an NPR uh, producer called So You Want to Start a Podcast. That one was pretty good, but none of them really dealt a lot with content deep content. They were all like, you know, these are the kind of mics you should buy. This is proper mic technique and everything. And it wasn't really focused on the actual, the nitty gritty down in the trenches, making the content. So I thought, especially considering that there's no book that covers that aspect of it, right? There's definitely not a book or any resources out there online at all that I've found that cover the specific niche of fan podcasting, which gotcha. is hugely popular, uh, both with listeners and with people wanting to get into podcasting, because it it gives you an easy in. Right. You you have a built in audience because people who like your show are going to be searching for podcasts about your show, right? Or whatever it is you're reviewing. Uh, so it, it's a, a very natural step for people uh, mm-hmm. when they're stepping into the podcasting space. So I was like, why don't I write a book that's sort of tailored? to the fan podcast or someone who is reviewing content as their podcast. That way I can get into sort of my ideas about criticism and what makes for good criticism. I can get into, you know, the, the nitty gritty of interacting and getting interactions from the people who work on the show like we did. Right. And it'll give me a good opportunity to sort of go back and Remember all the good times of Universe Box and remember the lessons that I took away that I'm carrying forward into my new company, Do Anything Media. Right. Also, I saw Bobby pop in the chat room over there. Because uh,
1: Bobby's always here. Bobby's
0: always here. I We might talk about that Show later. Too. To Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby.
1: So it sounds like there's there's a lot of content to it. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to do it? Like, I get there's not a lot of resources for this. Why did you decide to go book versus pod, or blog series? Which, you know, that would have content coming out regularly. Why did you
0: go book? The reason I went book is twofold. Uh, There's a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, He's a very big sort of like startup motivational speaker kind of guy. Ah, the motivational speaker. And, And he goes by, he has a strategy called punch, punch, jab. Okay. And that's basically punch, punch, give, give, jab, ask. To build a company online, uh, especially a company that has a very engaged community, which is what I want Do Anything Media to be, it, it's very important to give way more than you ask. Got it. And so I knew, especially for my first couple big gives, I wanted to give something substantial, something above and beyond what other people do. Okay. What a lot of people do is they'll do a free ebook, right? I right? uh, sign up for my mailing list, get a free ebook. Right. Uh, join.doanything.media. So... A lot of people do that, but it's like a little fifteen-minute or fifteen-page page pamphlet. Yeah, or that's not a book. Like a thirty-page long, long-form blog post rendered out for Kindle.
1: It, it's like the part before the recipe.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the exactly. book before the recipe. Yeah, exactly. So I, I thought, you know, I'm wanting people to join this community and give a lot of themselves in this creative collaboration. Right. So I really need to give a lot of myself. Okay. Up front, so I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to write this book, and then it's going to be the giveaway. But it's not going to be some chintzy thirty page pamphlet. Right. This is almost as long as my sh- shortest novel, or it's no. a little bit it's a little bit longer than my shortest novel.
1: Uh, I guess. King Sparrow's a novella.
0: It's a it's about two hundred and twenty-five pages all told. I'm still finishing up the formatting as we record this, but
1: as we record that's pretty impressive to in yeah. a multitask like that.
0: I, I'm a master of all trades. Um, <laughs> <laughs> jack, of none. jack of all trades, master of none. No, master of all trades, Jack of none. Oh
1: well that makes way uh, more sense.
0: <laughs> you know, so 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 I, I thought, especially because i want something from them, I really need to give as much as I possibly can. Plus, it felt really good as I'm moving on to the next stage of my career to look back on the best parts of the former stage of my career within the book. Just go to join.doanything.media and enter your email address and we'll be sending out free copies of the book Probably late this week. Uh, it's gonna, coming gonna, soon. Yeah, it's going to come out next week. But anyone on the mailing list is going to get it early. Um,
1: so, would you say that this book contains your blood, sweat, and tears?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You
1: bled I, onto the keyboard. <laughs> cr- Wept into your coffee. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Hey, when the company launches on February 18th, mm-hmm. there's a little documentary that's going to come out about the last hundred days of me right. putting this company together. Like freaking half of it is getting this book together.
1: It was. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) It was a
0: lift uh, from, you know, writing it initially to editing it, getting all the graphics for it, doing the formatting. I had about 12 beta readers. Guilty. (laughs) Yeah, you were. I was alpha. Yeah, you were the alpha.
1: I am the alpha. You
0: were the alpha reader.
1: Well, CEO gets you that privilege.
0: Plus there was all sorts of quotations and stuff from different other fan podcasters that we include in the book. So you don't have to take my word for it. You know, here's Someone else either saying what I'm saying or disagreeing with me. And that's OK. It's totally OK. So there was a lot to get ready for it, for sure. But I think it's going to be worth it because the beta readers I have let read it, they really seem to like it. Now, about half of them were around. Uh, they were our <laughs> listeners back then. Half of
1: them were in the stories, in the
0: book. So they have some skin in the game. Right. But I, I'm pretty encouraged by the the reactions I've gotten so
1: okay. far. OK. OK. Let's talk a little bit about the actual creation of the book and, you know, putting blood, sweat and tears into the computer Mm -hmm. and outputting something. Your other books were fiction. You mentioned your novels, the novella, the little short stories, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. How was writing nonfiction different than literally creating something out of nowhere?
0: I think it was different just because, and better in a way for me, just because there was no filter on me in terms of rules, like... What voice am I? Like, is this right. third person, fourth person, past, present oh, tense? Yeah. You know, how should I do the quotes? You know, all those thoughts about the technical rules for a nonfiction book—you really don't have to do that because it's really just your natural voice. So as long as you know you're breaking up major ideas into paragraphs and stuff, you're pretty okay, and it can really flow. Right. So I think that that was a lot easier, and I also think that I, I've been finding lately that. I can evoke a lot more emotion out of people when I'm writing about things that are true to me. Okay. Versus, you know, fictional situations like, you know, one of those fictional books or The Fakest or something like that. Ah,
1: The Fakest.
0: Yeah, my sketch comedy podcast, or uh, sketch dramedy.
1: Name drop.
0: Name drop. Go, Name go. Drop. F- like, drop. subscribe, react. Hit the bell. Uh. <laughs> no, no, but uh, it, it definitely, I, I, I feel like my creative voice is stronger when I'm talking about things that have actually happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it really shows in the book, Bobby Hawk, who we mentioned in the chat room a couple minutes ago, one of his beta reader comments was I never expected a how to book to give me the feels, or something along those lines. And, yeah. you know, I, as much as it is a how to book with a lot of practical advice that, you know, you can apply to your show straight away, whether right. you're just starting your podcast or you've been podcasting for years, it's also a very much an emotional journey about someone who approaches a creative project, gets a lot out of it, learns something from it, and in the course of learning that, realizes that they're doing the wrong thing and they should be doing something else with it. So
1: So it was very different because like you said, it's way more personal and it was in your own tone, Mm -hmm. but was there a different approach or planning structure or did it just sort of like pour out of you?
0: I, I would to say that like I, I did a, a lot of times when I approach a project like this, I'll be like, OK, I'm going to do project X <laughs> and then I won't do anything for a month. I'll I'm be, familiar with seeing this. Uh, yeah, happen, <laughs> But I'll be thinking about it. Like I'll go for a walk and it'll be like percolating in the back of my head or I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have an idea about it and I'll email it to myself. So there was probably about a month month and a half there where I was just, you know, kind of thinking about what I wanted to do. And then a few days after I left my job, and this was really one of the first things I did mm-hmm. after leaving my job, was I sat down and wrote down what what kind of topics can I cover that no one else is covering? Right. Uh, so I went and I looked at like table of contents for other podcasting books to see what they were covering. Right. And I, I sort of Broke out what I thought we were really good at okay. a, as fancasters, and where I saw a lack of information for people just getting into the game. Okay, so I, I basically went and I, I broke out that outline, tried to combine sections as I could, and from there I really I, I use Scrivener for writing, and so I just threw each one in as a chapter in Scrivener, and then just started vibing it, man. You know, vibing it, yeah, vibing it, just like you know, hopping in there. Uh, throwing some music on on my headphones and started typing to see what would happen and vibed it. Please stop saying vibed it. Okay. Okay. I, well, I'm, <laughs> I only say vibe it when I wait, when I have vibed it and I did vibe it. I
1: don't understand. vibe it. I'm too old now. <laughs>
0: I'm riding a vibe, man.
1: <gasps> um, <laughs> so I guess that sort of gives us a little bit of a peek into your process. It was a lot of just like shoving on the headphones, putting on some music and like, Vibing it, apparently, whatever. Apparently this is vibing it.
0: Now, of course, with this type of project, I do have a decent memory of everything that happened, but... I don't have a great memory of everything that happened. This
1: is very true.
0: So as I was going through, you know, either I would have be having to pull up old episodes and reference them to right. see if I remembered it correctly, or we'd talk about, you know, a listener giving us an idea for something, and I'd have to like DM them on Twitter to be like, was it you? <laughs> uh, was it you, Hope, who gave a us lot the of idea? People-
1: in myself included, he's like, so who did this? I, <laughs> we have like this toy and I don't know who it came from. However, this came from Patty. We all know that. Yes. Actually, so did this.
0: Yeah, the Mickey Mouse like, head and the Pinocchio. And the Pinocchio
1: both came from Patty. But it was like, there was so many things like inside jokes that he'd be like, who was it? Wait, what show was that even yeah. from? And uh, trying to piece it all together. Well,
0: after doing what, like 300 podcasts or something. We like, did
1: way more than 300. Yeah, it might have been closer boxes. to 500.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it all kind of blends together after a while. So bringing
1: it back.
0: Oh, you know what? Before Not we...
1: bringing it back.
0: Yeah. Let's bring it back to the back. Back to the back. <laughs> Um, no, I, I did want to say, though, a, a big part of my process, too, though, was I felt it was important. I mean, I have a fair amount of credibility. We did FanCast for seven years at our, at our peak where we're getting about 40,000 downloads a week between all of our podcasts. Right. So there's a certain amount of credibility there. But at the same time, I didn't want people to think like, who's this schmuck telling me how to do a podcast? So I, I thought it was important to get other people's opinions in there uh, just to sort of you know, either support what I was saying and be like, Mm -hmm. no, he's right. Or to completely disagree with it. Because one of the big points I make in the book is for doing this kind of stuff. There is no one right answer. There's the right answer for you that's going to allow you to get out there and make your show every week, which is a big ask. And once you get into the book and you see all the steps that we would go through to prepare for an episode, it's It's a lot of work if you want to do it well.
1: Exactly. There's the key. If you want to do it well, you have to put in the time and the work. Mm -hmm. Did you have a hard time getting people to contribute those things, the like quotes and the information and all that? Because, you know, you're basically taking their expertise to grow your own. Mm -hmm. And what are they getting out of it other than being quoted in this book that you're giving away for free? So for them, they're literally seeing no turnaround. (laughs) See, you didn't think about well, it that way, did you? Well, no, I mean, the, the <laughs> thing
0: is, you know, every time someone's quoted in the book, especially the first time, uh, you know, there's a link to the thing that they do. True. So if oh, that's true. if our friend Rebecca hosts Supergirl Radio, there's a link to Supergirl Radio in her first quotation. And in the back of the book, there's a link for everyone's stuff. I I thought of it as an equal exchange because, yes, I'm using your voice to lend mm-hmm. credibility to myself, but I'm also lending you credibility because you're in a book Fan podcasting, the complete guy. It's complete.
1: You could never add anything It couldn't else. be
0: complete without your input. Oh, um, I like that one. But you know, yeah, I sourced those quotes in a, a few different ways. One, I sent out a survey to just about every fan cast or fan cast group I could find out there mm-hmm. to solicit answers. And then...
1: Fan podcasters, not fan casters. Fan,
0: well, we use them a bit interchangeably just, in the book. I'm
1: just clarifying. That was a sticking I, point I for y'all. Really,
0: Speaking of sticking point, I really hate that fan casting became about, oh, Ben Affleck could play Batman versus fit fan podcasting. Because back when we started, it was fan casting was the podcasting thing. Right. Then it became about, you know, oh, I'd like to see Tom Cruise play Humpty Dumpty. Or something, you know. I'd like
1: to see Tom Cruise play. Humpty Actually, Dumpty. I would too. That I should be too. good. He's probably really good at falling.
0: <laughs> the way I got people <laughs> to contribute quotes for me uh, it was threefold. Uh, one, I sent out that survey, which I've right. already discussed. And then back in 2013, uh, and you were on this panel uh, at DragonCon.
1: I was very quiet at this. I hosted
0: panel. a How to Start Your Own FanCast. Okay. Uh, panel with a bunch of people Like from Golden Spiral Media Daryl Darnell was there Je- My friend Justin Robert Young who- uh, the jury. <laughs> uh, My name is Bill Meeks And welcome to the How to Start a Fancast About your favorite Favorite TV show roundtable uh, The a Firefly podcast Or a Buffy podcaster I had a tape of that because we released it As an episode of Greetings from Storybrooke right.
1: How
0: was the quality on that? Not great. Not oh, I was going to
1: say, that was a while ago. I
0: basically went through and I listened to the entire thing twice at half speed oh. and transcribed all the useful quotes. So I had a document of about 200 quotes from that wow. to work from, and then the survey results. And then as a last part of the editing process, I sent it out to beta readers about half fancasters, half not. Right. And those beta readers, the fancaster side of it, put comments into the manuscript I sent them, basically quotes I could use. They said, you know, feel free to use them throughout the book. So that's where the last batch of quotes came from. And I I think a lot of those were some of the best ones, honestly, because, well, I think probably because people were reading the material I I was putting out there, right. and then they were responding to it. So it felt a bit more organic.
1: Right. It's easier to react to something instead of just, hey, give me a quote. <laughs> hey, give me a quote's kind of hard. Yeah. Fun fact, that panel occurred on my 30th birthday.
0: Yes, it did. It was yes, my it birthday.
1: Did. Sorry. Random, <laughs> random fun thoughts about it's me. It's my birthday. Party like it's my birthday. No. <laughs> what was your biggest challenge when putting this all together?
0: I wanted it to be good. And when I want something to be good, I become very obsessive with it. No. Yeah. uh, The hardest thing was being like 1 a.m. Okay, I'm going to go to bed. And then an idea hits or I see one damn typo. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I have to reread the entire thing again to make sure I fixed it. Right. Very obsessive. Like even you know, when I wasn't sitting at the computer, when I was out walking around, I have an app that reads back word documents to you in a computer voice. So I would be listening to the book while I was out walking around, kind of thinking about it. Did I say this right? Did I say this too hard? Did I sound too judgy here? So I I think it's just, I I knew I had important information to get out there Mm -hmm. for people who would be looking to start a podcast like this. And I wanted to make sure that there was nothing blocking them from getting to the information in the middle of the book mm-hmm. that was really important. So I didn't want it to be too memoiry and, you know, story time about all, all, all the old podcast. Right. I mean, obviously, we brought up a lot of those examples right. as practical examples of the topics we discuss in the book. Right. Uh, but, you know, I didn't want it to be too bitter, like, this is why these fan casters suck. And this is this is <laughs> what you shouldn't do. Right. You know, so it was it was just finding that balance. And, you know, for the past couple of months, really, I've been kind of obsessed with this thing, just trying to make sure it's yes. it's the best possible thing I could put out. This
1: I can vouch for this. <laughs> obsessed.
0: Absolutely. Obsessed.
1: Completely. But it's good. Like every ounce of the Blood, sweat, and tears. Some of them have been, some of the tears have been mine. (laughs) Are you done reading that yet? No, I just taught for 10 hours and the kids yelled at me and I had an evaluation.
0: Oh, come on. Nothing that tawdry. Nothing that tawdry.
1: I don't know, man.
0: Except for the one time you were like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn about your book. And I cried.
1: Yeah, and then I probably apologize the next day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So what was the most fun of all this so far? I know it's not released officially yet, Mm -hmm. which I feel like that's probably the most fun is getting reactions from somebody other than the beta readers and mm-hmm. other than Yield Alpha, yeah. But <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's been the most fun?
0: I think the the most fun thing has just been revisiting the Universe Box years. You know, all, all the yeah. years we spent doing the fan casting. And just remembering how, how rewarding it was at points, uh, mainly because of our listeners. Our listeners were my favorite thing about it. The fact that they were there in the chat room every week or mm-hmm. sending us letters or voicemails, or we'd get like cool little chotskis like you see on the wall behind us uh, on the desk in front of us. a over the place. Uh, you know, and, and really just the, the friendships I made. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I think I think it was really important for me to go back and look at those years because they taught me some very important lessons about collaboration and about myself in general that I'm applying into the new company. So I thought it was a really good exercise to kind of and I mean, this really started back in August, but to go back and index everything we we've done, archive it, review it, remember all the good memories, all the lessons and kind of. Put, finally close the the like book. Like for real, close the book. For real, close the book on, on those years.
1: Finally get to the recipe.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel like we're a couple weeks away and it's going to happen. So.
1: It's going to happen. <laughs> um, what do you think was the hardest chapter to write? Whether in technicality or emotion.
0: There's a chapter in there called Feed the Trolls. <laughs> and I, I expect it to be, you know, as I go out and do interviews about this book, it's going to be controversial. Yeah. The The common wisdom these days is don't feed the trolls. Right. If, you, if you see someone even who might even possibly, maybe possibly be a troll, shut them down, ban them, right. kick them out forever. Shut it down. It's over. And I make the point in this book that if, you, if you're patient and obviously you're not being threatened right, or directly threatened or something like that. It's worth the time and energy to go in and try and find out why that troll is trolling you. And most likely they're probably actually a fan of yours and they're, they just have some weird awkwardness about it and they're misdirecting that energy right? or they don't feel heard in their life. Either way, I think whether they're a potential super fan who can help you out with sending letters every week right. and being in the chat room every week, or if there's someone who doesn't have Anyone. someone they can, they can talk to in their life. I think, I think it's worth the time to investigate and see if you can convert them into a fan of yours or to a listener of yours. Cause I, I, I think, you know, that's something that reviewing all the information that I have to write this book kind of taught me too mm-hmm. was uh, that there, there's a story in my life that I constantly tell over and over and over again.
1: There's quite a few that you do that with.
0: No, I think there's a central one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think this applies to Dogboy, trials of King Sparrow, oh, that type of story, this podcasting book, the fakest everything. And, and that's the, uh, the story of someone finding themselves through no fault of their own isolated and fighting to get out of that and reconnect with other people. Okay. Podcasting in a lot of ways, that that was what I was doing because back back in those days, I was, and that was even before I was working for ATT. I was I running my own company, Meeks Mix, Mix Media, where I did freelancing work out of the garage. I was the by, attic. The attic, then the Ooh. garage. You know, I was by myself most of the time, a team of one. That was one of many points in my life where I felt very isolated. Obviously, I had Anne-Marie and the kids. To be
1: fair, we were all very isolated at that point in time because we had tiny babies. Yeah, We essentially were still newlyweds uh-huh. and I couldn't find a real... We were all there. We were just like always in the house.
0: Well, basically basically what the schedule was is I would be out in the garage working all day. I would come out about six. You would go to work at Jimboree. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you'd get home at like 12 or one and I'd be asleep because, you know, I'd put the kids down and go to bed. Yeah, exactly. So so I felt like I didn't have very much adult interaction. There was not a lot. We got to talk about 20 minutes a day.
1: This pretty much. And and then it it turned into talking about once upon a time for an hour a day or an hour a week. So it was like, you know, hey,
0: yeah, extra time. And then as we did that. You know, we started getting all these great listeners sending in feedback, calling in, following us on Twitter, interacting with us there, sending us postcards. And it really felt like it felt like one of those moments in my life where I found myself isolated due to no fault of my own. And I found a path in fan podcasting to breaking out of that isolation and making a lot of dear friends who are still my dearest friends to this day. Actually, yep. I, I think uh, one of them's in there in the chat room, Rebecca Johnson. I, I yes, see her over there. I see Rebecca. What's she saying over okay, there? She
1: says, thanks for linking to Supergirl Radio. I was happy to be a beta reader because y'all taught me so many things about preparation and building community. I know others will get a lot out of the book.
0: Thank this you, Rebecca. Yes. And Rebecca has some quotes in the book, too. So yes. definitely look out for those. Some great quotes, honestly. Right. One of, the, one of the sections of the book is about, you know, finding ways to bring your listeners into the show and onto the show. Right. And one of the things I suggest was, you know, you probably have subject matter experts in your audience that you can bring on when it's relevant to the show. But for the life of me, I know it's happened with us. I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember one concrete example. Nope. Lo and behold, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca sent in a, no, she sent in a quotation about it happening on her podcast, Fabulous Supergirl Radio. So I was able to provide that concrete example there. Which nice.
1: Cool. So what one chapter was easier than you thought and which one chapter was way harder than you thought it was going to be?
0: I feel like I need to look at my list of chapters. Seriously, you've been here. obsessed
1: with it. You shouldn't need to look at this. <laughs> Do you have a magnifying glass so okay, you can so read you it? Okay, so you said
0: what was easiest and what was hardest? What was
1: Okay, what one was easy that you thought was going to be like, mm-hmm. you know, pulling teeth? Yeah. And what did you think was going to be super hard that just seemed to jump out of you?
0: I think the answer to both of those is probably my favorite chapter in the book. And it's probably <laughs> the most theoretical one, too. Okay. It's called the chapter. It was originally going to be called What We Owe Our Listeners. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It it was going to be about, you know, if you're coming out at this and wanting to be successful and wanting to get something out of it, like I did, Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, you need to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and you're doing it ultimately for your listeners. You can do it for selfish reasons. I think we started doing podcast for selfish reasons at first, probably, but at some point that switch has to flip or no yeah. one's going to listen to you because you're not providing them any real value. It's a uh, kind of, I, I would say even masturbatory, okay. you know, if you're not, th- if you're not putting your listeners first, Okay, that was going to be the chapter. It was going to be what we are listeners. Right. I think kind of cribbed from the g- good place. And uh, then I was okay. like, you know what, this feels like the section in a self-help book where they generally t- try to attach it to something you can remember really easily, like right. an acronym. The acronym I went with is Cafe POV. Uh, And in a general sense, what the Cafe POV is, is, you know, remember back in college when you'd be up in a dorm room, like talking about your favorite movies or your favorite bands or at summer camp where you'd be, you know, out by the lake doing the same sort of thing, like chatting about, you know, your favorite TV shows or comic books where there was that sense of camaraderie and that kind of shared excitement about something. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what you want to bring to your fan cast to keep the listeners engaged and to give them value. That's what you owe your listeners, that feeling, that feeling of connection. Uh, So the Cafe POV, and I'll just run through these real quick. Okay,
1: just to see that.
0: It's an acronym and uh, it stands for consistency. You want to make sure your show comes out on time, every time. Accuracy, you want to make sure you know what you're talking about. You want to make sure you know your subject matter.
1: Don't flub it because they'll know.
0: Yeah, and I mean, no matter how well you know it, you're going to get stuff wrong and they're going to call you out on it. Yes. And then friendship, I, I think, is very important. That mm-hmm. that real sense of connection with your audience. Um, expansion. You you should never be satisfied with your podcast. You should always be looking for ways to expand and add to it. I've never been satisfied. For example, set directions um, that I'm... Gesturing behind here.
1: Gestures. Massive gestures.
0: So that's the cafe. And then for POV, P is a sense of play. That's, you know, a sense of keeping things light and airy and maintaining a radical agreement with your co-host.
1: You may have noticed us playing a little in this episode. We're really good at that part.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, you know, the same sort of thing you used to do on the on a playground. Also, I'll say, when I say radical agreement, I don't necessarily mean you always have to agree with your co-host, nope. far from it. Nope. You should get your opinion out there as much as you possibly want to. Um, <laughs> you know, within reason. But, you know, at the same time, you shouldn't, just shit all over whatever your co-host has to say if you do disagree with it.
1: Totally been guilty of that one, at least <laughs> about five or six times. Just saying, sorry. So,
0: really, I wrote this book for Anne Marie uh, to address <laughs> specific problems she had in the seven years of fantasy. There casting. were seriously moments I was like, bad <laughs> chapters for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's the P in POV. Uh, then The O in, in POV is objectivity. I think I think you owe it to yourself and your listeners to, while sharing your own opinion, mm-hmm. remain objective about theirs. And again, don't shit all over them. Mm-hmm. And then the last but not least, actually probably the most important, is voice, giving your listeners a voice on your show. Because it can only help your show and diverse opinions can only give your listeners more value ultimately. Right. So so that's the cafe POV and I get into all those points in a lot more detail in oh, the book. Oh yeah. I think that's the most important chapter in the entire book. And it was the hardest to write.
1: But did you think it was going to be the easiest?
0: I thought it was going to be the easiest. I thought it was going to be maybe a, a thousand word sort of personal essay. Okay. And it ended up being a lot more than that. Right. Uh, because when I broke it up into the acronyms, I was like, no, actually, you know, I have a lot more to say about each of these granular things, right. you know, well, there's a couple of them that are only like a paragraph or two, but there are some that are five or six pages right. of, of material, you know, discussing why this is important to your show and how you can build it in. Okay.
1: Let's do a little bit of a lightning round situation. Okay. I'm going to give you the title. You're going to give me like, give me like the one sentence and I will stop you if you seem to be going too long because okay. you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how this book became so bad. But on what people can expect out of that specific chapter. Gotcha. Just a quick little something. Ready? <clears throat> uh-huh. The Three Rules of Criticism.
0: This is Ghost's Three Rules of Criticism. I went over it several times on Oliver Old Fancast, but I thought it was important to address here. It's about a objectivity.
1: The Cafe POV.
0: Just discussed. See, three it.
1: minutes ago. Uh, building a show.
0: Building a show. This is about determining what the format of your show is going to be, and it provides a lot of little Lego puzzle pieces that you can fit together to put together the structure of your show.
1: Keeping the ball in the air.
0: This is about interacting with a co-host or a guest on your show and why it's so important to maintain a connection with them and not smell your own farts the entire show and lose track okay of them.
1: okay okay giving your listeners a voice once you got to farts we had to go
0: giving your listeners a voice <laughs> is about finding ways beyond just general feedback week to week okay. that you can involve your listeners in your show and why you want that and why it's so damn important feeding the trolls Feeding the Trolls, this is about identifying people within your community who could be your biggest fans if you'd only give them a chance.
1: Engaging the cast and crew.
0: Engaging the cast and crew. This is probably the biggest section of the book. It is every secret I know to getting the attention of Hollywood types to come on your show and support your show and endorse your show.
1: Conducting a successful interview.
0: This is a subsection of engaging the cast and crew, but it's in general for anybody you bring on your show, this is a really good approach to planning your interview so your guest will be happy with it, you'll be happy with it, all that. Publishing your podcast. This is everything but, you know, what podcast host you you should use in the RSS feed spec about how to publish your podcast. This is how to set up Show notes for good SEO. This is about how to promote your podcast on social media, all that stuff. When you fall out of love with the show. This is about what happens when you, you lose passion for your subject matter. And when is a good time to decide it's time to cut and run and call it a day?
1: Passing the torch.
0: When you do decide to (laughs) cut and run, call it a day, I do highly suggest that you find someone within your community to take over your show. And in this chapter, you'll find out why. Now go do it. Now go do it. Now that you're done reading the book, go make your damn podcast, man. (laughs) And show notes. Show notes. uh, And, you know, this is a podcasting term. I just used it a second ago. Show notes. This is the blog post that's attached to your podcast with... Links and other important information for your listeners. I decided to go ahead since this is coming out as both a print book and a, an ebook. The ebook You can click on the links for anything I reference in there. Like we have links to all sorts of resources, our old show docs, Mm -hmm. uh, templates, things like that. You can't put a clickable link in a print book.
1: That does not work. So I decided to
0: break out every link we had in every chapter into the show notes section in the back. So, you know, at the end of the book or, or, you know, while you're going through the book, you're like, oh, I wonder if they have a show doc. You can go back to the show notes. And if we have a show doc, there's a really easy to type in link that you can enter to get to whatever we were talking about.
1: Nice. So that's what you can expect from the book. Yeah. Now, if you could go back to the drawing board and start over from scratch, you're sitting down, it's a blinking Scrivener. Uh Would you do anything different?
0: Yeah, I think think if I had to go back again, I would assume that I would be having to start again from this point in time. Okay. Back when I started it, there was a bit of a time crunch on it because I knew I wanted to get the company launched Sometime in February. So I had to have the book done. So where in the research phase for any other book. I might have taken two or three months to, you know, send out more surveys and maybe do a couple interviews specifically geared towards Mm -hmm. fan podcasting with people to help add and inform the book. I I really didn't have time for that. So I think if I had to do it over again, there would be more of that. I also think because I intentionally didn't do this. Because I didn't want to be unconsciously influenced. I didn't read or listen to any books on podcasting at all, ever, before I finished writing mine. That makes sense. But uh, now, as I've been going back and re-listening to them, I, I, I've i been finding specifically the one, uh So You Want to Start a Podcast, oh. uh, done by the NPR producer. She comes from such... A privileged position. She's a professional radio producer. She's not someone in their garage who really likes micronauts or whatever. Micronauts? Yeah. She's coming at it from a position. Like one of the things that kind of really got on my nerves was. She, she was like, you know, if you're doing a remote, any interview with somebody, what you must do is hire a remote producer for $150 a day to go to their house and record their side of the conversation. No one who's going to be doing Micronauts, the podcast or Paw Pod Troll or whatever is going to have the money to, you know, hire a producer to interview, I don't know, Johnny McNulty, McMalt- the, uh, the Paw Patrol It's creator. always Johnny
1: McSomething, isn't it? Johnny McSomething, yeah. It's always Johnny McSomething. But,
0: you know, so I, I, think, I think if anything, I, I would like to go back and actually read those books because I would love to address stuff like that. You know, a little bit.
1: But would you feel like you're just responding to somebody else's stuff instead of creating your own original content then?
0: The thing is, I I, I wouldn't want to address their specific solutions. Mm -hmm. I would want to address the problems they're trying to solve from their privileged position where they have a lot more resources than your average podcaster. Like in that example... If, if I had the book to go back and write again, I would probably have a section in there on how to do a remote interview and get decent audio quality out of it. I mean, I go over that a little bit and engage in the cast and crew, but that's more about backing up your recording as you record it so you don't lose it. So I, th- I think I would probably... Focus a little bit more on those technical areas, but just a little bit.
1: So, do I hear book number two coming?
0: Well, I, there can't be a book number two. This is the fan podcasting the complete guide. So,
1: if, version two or an up the second iteration.
0: I would say if this book does well, uh, not necessarily through sales on Amazon, but getting people engaged in the community, I think I would definitely be interested in doing a follow up specifically on live streaming. Okay, because I I mean, obviously there would be some crossover, I think, you know, a big chunk of the Feed the Trolls chapter, for example, yes. would end up in a book about live streaming. Yes. But I, th- I think there are some areas that I would expand on uh, in the live streaming space.
1: Okay. What are you most proud of?
0: And I, I've kind of said this before, and it might be completely dodging your question. And I apologize if it is. Mm-hmm. But I, the thing I'm proudest of about this book is all the work we did that led to me writing this book. Everything we did throughout those seven years of producing the universe box podcast and the community we created and built and the friendships we formed and the accomplish the personal career accomplishments I had while doing it. Those are what I'm most proud of. And you know, those days are gone. All that stuff's over. Onward to bigger and better things, but if you you know we we made some some money off of it. We, we didn't got make that much money off of it. Not that much money off of it, but they, decent, a lot more than a lot of other people make. You know, we got a lot of really cool stories and everything, but you know those days are gone. We've moved on. At the end of the day, if I can encapsulate those seven or so years and all the lessons we learned into a book that you can read in a few hours and it encourages somebody who otherwise wouldn't have to go out there and make something that they're proud of and find their own bobbies, their own members of the community, uh, community members and friends. And, and if it encourages them to grow their lives, like I was able to with it, yeah. then I, I think that would be the proudest thing I, I, I could possibly do. I, I even say at the end of the book, you know, and this is serious, you know, if you read the book, Use the techniques in it to go out and make your own podcast. I want to hear that podcast. You know, I want to hear that podcast. too. I want to hear that podcast. I want to be a guest on that podcast, <gasps> you know, Ooh. you know, it just because just to know that even one person was able to make use of this to make their dreams come true, that that would be worth it for me.
1: Well, now you have me almost tearing up. So, all right. My last question. Okay. Any advice for somebody sitting down to write a nonfiction book like this?
0: Yeah. Know your shit. (laughs) It comes down to that, man. Know your shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think anybody out there, if they're even thinking about writing a book like this, sit down and take an honest assessment of yourself. Make sure... You have it in you to write it. Make sure you're ready to write it. Maybe you're a year away from being ready to write it. Maybe you're five years away. She started, Anne-Marie started bugging me to write this, what eventually became this book. Originally, it was going to be a course and this, that, and the other YouTube series. Four years ago? Five years ago. Four or five years ago. Four or five years ago. And I didn't feel ready then. And I'm glad I waited because I don't think in the middle of all that, if I had tried to write this, it would have been a decent how-to guide. It wouldn't have mm-hmm. been an emotional story, I and an important story to tell. You know, it would have been a collection of blog posts. You know, Instead put into a, a book. This feels more like a book, and I'm glad I waited until okay. I was ready. So that would be my number one piece of advice: don't start until you know you're ready, and you'll know you're ready. Yeah. Don't don't lie to yourself. You know, it, just, and don't put
1: it off yeah. when you should be doing it. <clears throat>
0: And I'd also say, and and this is some, a, a point we make in the book too about podcasting. Structure is very important. Mm. Uh, you know, the 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 first day I spent writing this was all about figuring out the structure, the structure of the chapters, and then the structure within the chapters. And if I hadn't focused on that first, this book would have gone. All over the place. It does sometimes a There's little. There's moments.
1: I mean, can you not tell? That's sort of what we do.
0: It ha- it has a very clear narrative and instructional arc now because I took that time in the first couple days before I started the real writing to make sure the the bones were good. So, Bill,
1: where can people get this book?
0: Well, it's going to be coming out uh, on or about February 18th. Uh, you can get it a little earlier if you want to. Uh, there is at a, a, a Join.doanything.media. There's a form there. If you pop in your email address, uh, when the book comes out a couple days early uh, for our community members, you'll get a copy of it. And you'll also get a chance to join our Do Anything community. Basically, what Do Anything Media, it's sort of a community theater of the internet oh. where we are collaborating on cool creative projects. And I'm also executive producing people's dreams. You know, someone might want to make a cartoon, but they don't have the technical skills. I do, or I know people who do, and I'm, I'm there to connect people. Um, we're also going to be doing things called do anything jams, uh, where, which are big group run collaborative projects, uh, that are very exciting. And that cafe POV, that feeling of connection of community That is what Do Anything Media is about. And if you're any kind of creative at all, even if you just like doodling weird ducks in the margins of your bills. I'll
1: take doodles of ducks.
0: I highly encourage you to join this community, not just for the free book, but for everything we're about to do here in the next couple months.
1: I'm really excited for these jams, especially the first one. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I really hope that a lot of the listeners for this podcast, this live stream, Mm -hmm. I expect
0: many of you
1: to be participating. I'm totally already signed up. He has to actually put me into the doc, but (laughs) totally already signed up to participate. I'm actually hoping that it's going to inspire me to do my own personal creative project that I've been putting off Mm -hmm. for a while.
0: I might know someone who can help you executive produce that dream.
1: You know, I've tried to make somebody help me executive (laughs) produce that dream and they were a little caught up writing a book. So,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've been a little little You've been a little
1: busy. It's okay. The jam is going to give me the kickstart that I need. All right. Well, yeah, I guess guess that about about does it. it. Yeah. That about does it for this episode of Nope. Nope. Wrong show. Wrong show. Until
0: next time. Greetings, Greetings from, from Stray- and Stray- Gotham. Rock. Universe Box! Universe Box. Remember to think outside. Thanks for listening to the show. If you have your own big idea you've made a reality, we want to hear about it. Let us know by emailing imadethis at doanything.media. We'd love to share your project, or maybe even talk to you about it. You can follow the show at I made this show all one word, on Twitter facebook and instagram again that's at i made this show subscribe on apple podcasts spotify stitcher or on our website Media. again that's Media. and if you do subscribe make sure you leave a review so we can shout you out on the show i'm bill meeks thanks for listening